Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Talking about trauma bonds, right? What is the definition then? This is uh, something, a term we hear all the time, um, bonding through trauma. Trauma being the glue, you know. Um, what is your definition of a trauma bond? So this is, a, this is an area that often gets taken up on social media and, and kind of misdefined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's import- words matter. <laughs> yeah. And it's important that we know what we're talking about when we're talking about a trauma bond, because it doesn't mean we went through a trauma together, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's something different. It doesn't mean Stockholm syndrome. That's something different. Um, a trauma bond happens when you have unresolved things in one or both people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John was talking last night about the dynamic so you have each person and then you have the relationship dynamic. The unresolved stuff gets fed into the dynamic and then creates the situation where you have intermittent abuse and very intense affection and connection. And so that abuse can take many, many forms. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It could be emotional. It could be pretty covert psychological abuse. I think it's very important that we understand that often when people are abusive, it's not a willing thing. Right. It's something that's happening um, compulsively, which doesn't mean it's okay, of course, but... Um, it, it could be a reaction to exactly. their story, their wiring, yeah. right. It, it could be them coping. Right. Right, yeah. Can so, also be an addiction? Can you be a, become addicted I'm so to glad you asked. Yes, because here's what happens. This roller coaster that we've all been talking about. Yeah, I love you, get away. I love you, get away. Yes. Yeah, simply put. There are chemicals yeah. that get involved in your brain when you are in that roller coaster. And so when you get the intense affection and then the abuse, number one, that's profoundly confusing for your brain. Your brain, your brain doesn't know how to categorize this person, where to situate yourself in the relationship. But then number two, you get a lot of stress hormones and then you get reconnection and a ton of bonding chemicals, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and you get addicted to that flood. So you're not addicted to the abuse. That's super critical to understand. You're addicted to what comes after the abuse, the rebonding time. The honeymoon. The honeymoon, yeah. And so, like... Exactly. And those are the same chemicals. Yeah. Some of the same chemicals. As opposed to if a relationship is safe and consistent... Those chemicals aren't firing. Right. They're more spread out yeah. in moments. It, well, it's like a more sustainable fuel source. So the chemicals are there, but in a way that's like more... Um, it's a drip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yep. And so you've also got tons of stuff going on in your brain and your body. There's inflammation because there's stress hormones happening. You don't feel like yourself. And then you get this blast of good feelings and you don't really know what to do with that either. And so the result is that you, you use the word disoriented a minute ago, which is perfect. You just end up disoriented. I don't know. And exhausted. Your system is stressed and it's like, I don't, I don't know how to leave. What do you mean leave? I I think also on top of that, the other layer is society um, paints that as passion. So when yes. you, we were just talking about Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson in the 90s, remember all of that. Yeah. Um, Angela Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton and how they were like wearing vials of blood. So a lot of, a lot of that kind of um, just super intense roller coaster, 
you can mistake as, oh, this is passion. This is the one. I've never felt this way. Right. So then you put the relationship on high and think it's so special when what's really going on is this ride and the starvation and injection of um, yeah. chemicals. And then it gets worse because we don't integrate. We turn to shame and we blame ourselves for getting into the situation again. And then we stay single for a certain amount of time. And then we get into another relationship and the exact same thing happens. So enter love addiction. Right. Yeah. Love addiction? Yes, addicted to love. Addi addicted to the, this chemical, the starvation and injection of chemicals. Um, and so you can't be alone because... Instead of heroin, you're actually addicted to this ride, yeah. and you don't want to get off. So, so you've trauma bonded your whole life, if that's the term, and then you get out of it, or that's called the love addiction? No, I'm saying you could be addicted to love. Um, it, yeah. If you find yourself, um, you can't be alone. You're, you're only in relationships, and you just go from one lily pad to another, seeking this, these highs and lows. Okay. And we, yeah, no, no, no. It's super important to understand. There's another term that's maybe um, that's maybe helpful, which is repetition compulsion. Um, and this comes all the way back from the 1800s. Freud was trying to understand, like, okay, so if the human body is driven for pleasure, why do we repeat negative things? Why do we why do we repeat in our dreams? We have nightmares when we could dream of anything. Like, what is what is it about human psychology that drives us towards? repeating traumatic things. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredibly well-documented phenomenon that people repeat traumatic things in wild ways. Like there's one story of this guy who repeatedly got into a shootout with the police, having no memory, like on the same day every year for five years, having no memory of the initial event, which was an accident where he got involved in a shootout with the police. And then every year on the same day, he would like get himself into the same situation. And so there is an incredibly strong drive to repeat. And it's so strong that Freud actually called it a demonic, a demonic force. And then he was like, that's too much. Let's call it compulsion. And so the, it's important to understand that that thing that's in us that does that is compulsive. It's not a willing choice. We're driven to repeat. And I think that can go to a very hopeless place. But again, if we look at the whole system as adaptive and we try to we put away the shame for a second and we try to say, okay, what is my system trying to do? It's trying to give you another opportunity to integrate something you haven't yet integrated. The best way to do that is to relive it. And so when you haven't integrated a relationship and what happened and your role in it and how it went sideways, sometimes we repeat because it's like, oh, here's the canvas again. Let's do it again and see where we went wrong. Can I ask you something? Yes. So um, I don't know if you, what you believe about addiction, but if you have that in your <coughs> blood or family tree, there's addiction. Um, are you more uh, susceptible to this repetition because you are uh, impulsive or... Um, just, you know, all the behaviors from addiction. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's probably, it's hard to pinpoint why. It could be genetics. It could be environmental. It could yeah. be that you saw your family do the same thing and healthy relationships weren't modeled for you. Mm -hmm. um, nobody knows exactly why. There's not a single reason why we repeat. Um, there's a couple of theories. One of them is that we repeat because it feels like home, right? And this is what's depicted in the media. And we've probably seen this where it's like, oh, yeah. I wake up and I'm like, well, that's exactly how I grew up. And so, of course, I repeat, you know, I did the same thing. I think sometimes we also repeat to avoid um, understanding where we came from. 
right? So if you grew up in a really chaotic home and you haven't processed any of that, if you repeat the chaos, then you don't have to come to grips with the fact that you grew up in a chaotic home and it shouldn't have been that way. Mm -hmm. um, we repeat to give ourselves the opportunity again so that we can have a different outcome. Trauma needs opposite action in the system. And so when we repeat something, sometimes our system is, and maybe this is, is a maladaptation, but the system is trying to give us the opportunity to do differently. Um, so yeah. Knowing self, right? Which is kind of foundational to all self-help, knowing, knowing thyself, knowing how you are. Um, I'm the kid that will not only eat my marshmallow, but the, steal the kid next door. Like um, I'm with uh, Vanessa, who will save her marshmallow to get to later, right? You know that whole experiment? Yeah. I, I don't believe in saving anything. Not, give it to me now. Um, I'm attracted, yeah, I'm attracted to um, the edges. I don't like conventional. I like disruptive. It gives me a high. This is also why I love CrossFit. It's very extreme. Um, the whole build the bus while you're going, while you're driving it. I'm attracted to that because I want my mom to drop me off at school, tell her not to come back, and during school try to find her way home as a challenge. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm interested in the extreme, the edge. And now there's a gift in that because if you um, apply that to creativity, you could be innovative, you could you know create some stuff, some really cool stuff. Um, the curse, though, because that's how I'm wired, is, okay, I'm that way. I, I'm not just that way with work. You're that way with everything. So then when you uh, say, okay, well, how does that show up in love and relationships? Well, then, yeah, I'm chasing after dopamine. Um, I can get sick of people quickly. Um, I could get on this roller coaster. Uh, so just knowing that, right, then, okay, well, if that's my pattern, what is my prescription? What do I need to do? Well, I need to find someone more grounded. I can't find someone like me because that's then it's going to be the whole, you know, the uh, and 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 also the now it's like um, the roller coaster that has no conductor. Like it's just yeah. yeah. Um, being aware of when the behavior is is compulsive, impulsive. So whether that's sex or eating at night or whatever that behavior is. Um, and then knowing what is healthy and self-expression and what is actually now you jumping on this ride and not healthy. So, you know, it's, it's, and it, it, there's no like black or white answer, right? It's um, you kind of gauging, turning dials, uh, like, like, as a, like an equalizer and saying, okay, I'm, this makes me feel good, this now I don't know, and uh, you got to kind of create that for yourself, if that makes sense. Do you know where the, why you think you are that way? Like it... I, I know, I know, um, so my dad's an alcoholic. My mom's dad was an alcoholic. There's alcoholic, and also just being Korean, it's everywhere. Um, but I, there's tons of alcoholism, so I don't know if that's a part of it. Um, I know that there was trauma from, so for my trauma is coming to America at age three with a bull haircut and a strawberry shortcake t-shirt because my parents didn't know that was for, for girls, and trying to fit in. And the way that I ended up fitting in was through ability. So once I could spin on my head, I was now cool. Once I could pop a wheelie around the entire block, they let me, you know, then I got the girl or whatever. And so trying to be American was traumatic. And the residue of that now is, and this is why I started chasing shiny things, was um, performance-based. Performance like Hollywood is a big club that I never got into. So trying to get into the quad, right? Trying to, and so that's external-based, but it comes from... The, my wonder years. It comes from coming to America and uh, trying to be cool, trying to be American, you know.
And again, when we tell that story, like it, it's very easy to say, to create a hierarchy like we were talking about before and say like, oh, well, my trauma isn't real because someone else, you know, had a bullet in their leg or something like yeah. that. But when we look at what the primitive self needs, you need belonging, right? And we evolve that way. If we, if we don't belong in our system, mm -hmm. we don't survive. And so the lack of belonging at that age is critically important for the system's safety. And so you can't ever rest if you don't belong. A lot of kids at that age get a lot of belonging at home. Yeah. Mother and father, baseball, camping, no, you're I worthy. Totally right. You're so I got none of that. Like my parents are always gone. Yeah. So I had to find belonging Same. in social friends and what was cool and what's happening. And that was, it's interesting because that was in itself cumulatively, I think, traumatic. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like aware of it until. No, I you know, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it manifests, uh, everything manifests in different ways, uh, like she was saying. So a bullet to your leg for um, Scott may not be traumatic at all, but for someone that could obviously be very traumatic. So it just depends on the individual yeah. in the story, yeah. And it can also depend on the individual in time. So right. what is traumatic for you today might be very different than what's traumatic for you in 10 years or five years ago, because it depends on where your system is at, what your support system looks like, um, and how the trauma unfolds in, in the moment, too. Yeah. So bonding um, through trauma, not because you guys share a traumatic experience, um, but what MC was saying about the roller coaster, the intermittent and uh, insecure, unpredictable shot of love, not love, unsafety, it generates friction and also connection at the same time. 